You have found the Redhead Family Therapy Guy and a Mike podcast, looking at mental health through a pop culture lens. Welcome back, everyone, to the interview series with Kevin Shaw, part two, where we talk about Superman. We hope you enjoy. Well, I think uh, the, the, the value of these characters, we, we talk about Harry Potter, we talk about Star Wars, and it's like, well, why, do we, why are they so important to our lexicon? Mm-hmm. You know, why are they important to our culture? For that matter, I mean, Star Wars really, really spoke to our culture. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it became a phenomenon. Absolutely. And I mean, holy cow! Look at the impact of it. And it's like so much of that script and so much of these lines are part of the words we say to each yes. other. I mean, it's just yeah. And, and we know what everyone means when you say things like that, you know. And it's just it it permeates it permeates through our culture. And I think the same way that a lot of, you know, a lot of these myths, a lot of these legends exist. I mean, you know, the legends of Hercules and the Iliad and, you know, the Odyssey and all of these these stories that just continue and continue and continue. It's because we pull something from it. We, We learn something from it, whether it's. The actions of the characters, whether it's the characters themselves or, you know, larger, you know, archetypes and and larger principles that we take from them. And, I mean, I go back and it's like, okay, what are major cultural linchpins? What are major touchstones in these cultures? And it's like, well, Star Wars 77 has a massive ripple effect past that. But it's like I, I, I look back and go, well, the biggest one that we've had, at least in American culture, is... Is uh, I believe it was April of 1938, and we got Superman. Mm. And because I mean, there were superheroes and comic book characters before that. I mean, there was the Flash, and there was like Doc Savage and the Phantom, and all these things. But these were primarily men who just did extraordinary things. Sure, these were the templates for Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, it's, they uh, didn't have the same gravity. Well, they're humans, right? Right. They yeah. were, were, they where were Superman is superhuman, right? Correct. He's, he's an alien. Right. Right. And I think what's what's so interesting about it is that the first Superman took about 10 years to become Superman. Mm. I mean, it wasn't until the radio show that they had him fly. He oh, would jump. Crazy. He could leap tall buildings with a single bound. Mm. But it was in the radio show they said, well, how's he going to get around? And they're like, well, we have this little wind effect. And they go, oh, he flew. Look it up, up, up in the sky. <laughs> it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. And so it's like he would fly. Oh, and that came out of awesome. that came out of the radio show. And then Kryptonite came from the radio show because the guy who played Superman's like, I'm going on vacation. And they're like, what? <laughs> and they're like. You He's on vacation. <laughs> oh well, a piece of kryptonite has knocked Superman out, and so that the you know evolution. that came from that, and it was just all these things that we know about the Superman legacy and lore yeah. had to be grown and built from thirty eight. Thirty eight, he was just this really strong guy who was bulletproof and could throw a car and jump over a building. He was just a Superman. Yeah. Um, but then he's grown into something that. We know in the lexicon, most of us know Superman's lore the same way we know the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean the Nativity Christmas story, not sure. the you know, not, not the, the awesome yeah. dry out kid Christmas yeah. story, not the awesome movie that we should do. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I don't like it. Oh, I love it. I know. <laughs> Let's not say I know, like, no, no, no. It's it, it's like saying yeah. I don't like cheese. Like, ah! <laughs> um, but I mean, everyone knows that 
that tale of Superman. And why it's so important is because it's the modern messianic tale. It is, for sure. And what's ironic about the whole thing is that uh, Siegel and Schuster were two Jewish boys from Illinois. Oh. And they put together this idea of this last son of Krypton mm-hmm. who came to Earth and became and rose to be Superman. Yeah. And what's the wildest thing about it is I, I always test this. I because I, I this is literally my thesis paper. I was mm-hmm. I didn't go for a doctorate, but I wrote this massive uh-huh. essay on Superman. And my professor was like, "You're out of your mind." I'm like, "Read it." He came back. He's like, "A minus." <laughs> and that was that's awesome. Asking you two guys, what's Superman's greatest power? What would you say is Superman's greatest power? Well, all right. So I might go off the rails. I might, I might send, I might upset you. But well, so let's let Mike. Oh. Then. No, no. I well, I no. I can uh, solve an opinion. No, hold on. So I loved, um, I loved the Smallville series. Okay. And one of the reasons why I love the Smallville series is because he's so dang good. Right. And so I think his superpower is that genuine charismatic, altruistic, you can count on, there's not an evil bone in his body and that goodness that shines through. Um, and, and you just can't help it. Okay. So you killed my, you, you killed my setup, but and with welling (laughs) and welling in that smile, I mean, he's just a a gorgeous man. And so it's just like, it's just, it just sings to your, it just sings to your soul, man, the goodness and the integrity. It's what I love to, to cite another archetypal story that we love that we're going to do is the Way of King series by Brandon Sanderson mm. and Kaladin. You oh, know? And Kaladin is a vexed man and he is just as good as they come. Like right. to his core, he's struggling with these, you know, well, he's, he's struggling against. because he wants to do the right thing. Well, and, and he he's struggling that he's not. Even between two great principles, that of mm-hmm. being a healer and that of being a protector that seem to contradict yeah. one another. And he, and he wants to figure out a way to be them both, which they kind of violate each other, you know what yeah. I mean? And so, Anyway, no, so well, I feel like well, like ahead, Superman, I feel like uh, he does the right thing at all costs, right? And <clears throat> and for me, that's a superpower because I think how hard is it to do the right thing? Period. Period. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're both exactly right. Most people will be like, oh, you can fly and shoot Come lasers. On. No, we're therapists. Why not? So <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, I'm talking to a higher elf. So all right, I got to up my game a little bit. So. Um, this is what You're we exactly do for right. a living. It, it, exactly <laughs> this is right. why we started a podcast. In, in given an impossible situation where it's like yeah. two bad situations, he'll always pick a th- like he'll find a third solution yeah. that is correct, and it is it is impeccable morality. Impeccable. So yeah, I love that. What term. what is interesting to me is the dichotomy of his heritage, mm-hmm. yeah. in that Jorel, his yeah his. Kryptonian father Im- by DNA imbues yeah imbues Kal-El with all of the powers to be a god. Right. He is effectively a god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but then given him Jonathan Kent giving him a name Clark imbues yes. him with the morality to be a servant god. Yeah. Rather than being let That's me rule. So cool. Let me serve. And, well, and Mr. Dukes of Hazard knocks it out of the park in Smallville, dude. I mean, if that guy isn't a Quinn, John Schneider, if he's not the quintessential American farm father, you, I mean, you right. do, I mean, yeah. that's one of the things that's beautiful and, and, but about think the about, story. Think about I mean, this, Smallville. I mean, Schuster. All right, Jerry, Jerry and Joel thought, hey, we should have him be raised where. 
not in New York City, not in mm-hmm. Metropolis, not in wherever, but on a farm yeah. of of just good, wholesome Christian work with your hands, yeah. f- Midwestern farmers. Yeah. Why did they value that over being? Hey, he was born and raised in Chicago, or right. where, or on the moon. Well, and then the antithesis of that is Lex Luthor, Correct. right? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good a point. Everything about, but <laughs> see, everything about Lex. Cutthroat. You know, that's why Lex is his greatest foil. Yeah, because Lex is everything the opposite. Right. His yeah. motivations are self-serving. Mm-hmm. He is mortal, and he's vexed by his morality. Yeah, he, he has he is in peak physical condition. They don't talk about that much. Yeah, but Lex is always in peak physical condition. Which, which another plug. I mean, and I loved Lex in Smallville. Right, he was fantastic. I mean, it was just a fantastic. I mean, there's so much that's campy about a lot of it, but but Lex it was it was great. Right, it was fantastic. but. To that he has point, a podcast, by the way. He does, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've actually caught a few episodes. Um, but see, that is why, if you look at what Superman is, is that he is a servant god. Mm-hmm. He yeah. is perpetually self-sacrificing to the point that he's like, I can't be married to Lois. I can't do this. I well, can't do these things. Well, even his mom is still just like this poor old lady in the middle of, of middle America. You know? Yeah. What I mean? Well, yeah. I, it's always tragic. There was a, there was a series that came out. I want to say about ten years ago. It was called All Star Superman, and it had done what Superman comics had failed to do for a long, long time, and that was get the tone of Superman right. Mm-hmm. There's a beautiful sequence where there is a young woman who is con- she's on the top of a building. She's contemplating suicide. And all of a sudden, Superman just lands behind her. And he hangs his feet over the edge, and he sits down with her. And they talk. Mm, He's nice. not punching the bad guy to right. death. He's not or, yeah. or saving her. He, he, no, so this no, no, is no. what was this? This was a comic. A series? comic. It's comic. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's called All Star Superman, and what he cool. literally just has this conversation with her about life and the meaning of life. That's and she cool. gets up and walks away. And cool. he kind of floats off the, and he's like, "Hey, it's good Have to see you." And he flies off. And there's another sequence where he saves this little boy from this wreck, and it's one of the best exchanges. The he saves this kid from this car wreck or whatever it is, and the kid looks at him and he's like, "Hey, man, nice costume." And he goes, "Thanks, my mom made it for me." Awesome. And he flies off, <laughs> and it's like. It, awesome. it absolutely gets you yeah. to the point that he's so. He's not naive and he's not innocent, yeah. but he's pure. Right. And he goes, thanks, my mom made it for That's me. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> not embarrassed of my mom made it for yeah, me. Right. My mom made this costume for right. me. Martha Kent stitched yeah, this together. Right. And awesome. that's why it matters. Now, there's, yeah. there's very few times that they get Superman right. Because it's impossible to write for a... Jesus. Yeah, it's impossible yeah. to write for sure. this character. Right. It's like, can he punch it? Can he lift it? That's pretty much... The comics. Can he beat it to death or can he lift it over his head and throw it? And it's like, oh, that's so poor writing. Some of the best writing is challenging his principles. And it's challenging, will he find the right? One of the best ones is... Yeah, I mean, putting that in ethical dilemmas. I mean, they could really do a reboot in such a powerful way if they made it more ethically. One of the best ever written was written by the same guy who wrote The Watchmen, who's a dark dude. Mm-hmm. And it's called For the Man Who Has Everything. Mm. And the story begins with Batman and Wonder Woman flying to the Fortress of Solitude for 
Kal-El's birthday, for Superman's birthday. And the joke is that Wonder Woman got this super rare gift for him and all this stuff. And Batman basically just got him cash. Because <laughs> Batman the gift is, that never stops well, Batman is so reserved. And sure. Now, mind you, there's, there's some great exchanges where, of course, Batman knows that Superman is Clark Kent. Yeah. And Superman, of course, can see through his cow, so he knows he's Bruce Wayne. So they both know who he is. Right. There's not in this comic, but in another one, he's uh, Superman breaks something of Batman's. He's like, "Well, I'll, I'll I'll buy you a new one, or I'll get you a new one." He goes on a reporter's salary, <laughs> and he's just like, Ugh. Awesome. "So he's like, don't worry, I got it." But that's, um, <laughs> that's three years for you, buddy. Yeah, if the, you know, whatever. So anyway, they show up, and Superman is in a coma, uh-huh. and he's got this weird plant, this alien plant that's all wrapped around him. And it's got him in this unbreakable coma. Yeah. And they they can't they can't get it off of him. They can't kill it. They can't do anything. They're they're doing their best to try to get this off of Superman, but they know he's just completely comatose. Yeah. Then we cut to Superman's mind. And what happens is that all of a sudden he wakes up in bed on Krypton. And he's married to Lois, but they're on Krypton. And his parents are alive. Mm-hmm. And Krypton is flourishing. And he comes downstairs and his wife's making breakfast for him for, for, his, for his day. And Jonathan, his, like, five-year-old son comes down. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Dad. Gives him a big hug. And he's like, day in a life. This is great. Oh, hey, what's for mm-hmm. breakfast? Oh, love you. Give you a kiss on the cheek. And he goes, do you know where Dad is? Life. Oh, your dad's in his lab up in the tower, up in downtown Krypton, wherever the na- major city right. is. Sure. And so he goes and he visits his dad and he has this great day with his dad. But then the matrix starts to break. Right. Little things start skipping. And he's like, well, that doesn't make sense. Right. That's not right. Right. That's not right. And he starts questioning. He's like, this, this isn't right. This isn't Wait a minute, this isn't my life. Yeah. And his dad's like, don't question it. Just live in it. Mm. Don't question it. And Lois is like, why would you want to ruin this? And he has these moments with his son. And he's like, I know you're not real, but you're everything I've always wanted. Everything I've always wanted. He looks at his dad, he's like, This is everything I've always wanted. And he's looking around, he's like, Oh, my gosh. And he's a normal man. He's not super by any means. Yeah. He can't fly. He can't lift a truck. Yeah, he's he's Krypton. on Krypton. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, my gosh. What do I do? What do I do? And there's this horrible... Uh, the, the world starts to break apart because he's breaking the matrix yeah. into his own mind. And he's like, I can't live in this. I can't accept living here. And there's this moment where he is... Weeping, apologizing to his five-year-old son, saying, "I have, I have to kill you. I can't live yeah, here. Yeah. And by refusing to live here, you disappear." Yeah. And he is woefully, balefully saying, "You're everything I've wanted, and I have to let you go." Yeah. And he says goodbye to his dad, and he says goodbye to this little boy, and. The world shatters around him, and he wakes from this this fever dream. And what it is is that it's a parasite that absolutely drowns the brain in dopamine, 
while it eats the body away. Crazy. And it's like, I've never had so a Superman before. Giving you this is everything great. you want to right. try to keep you there. Right. Right. While until it, you die. Why it grows. Yeah, while it while it kills you. The worm. And eventually worm the parasite worm. kills the host and it goes to something else. And like Brainiac sent it to him How? or something like that. But it is the challenge of I will let go of everything I've always wanted. How symbolic is that of, like, addiction? Oh, right? God. Like this, how powerful addiction can become to where it just consumes you with this lie. lie. Right, right? With this lie. But the lie seems so So tantalizing. Well, because you just get constant dopamine from it. Yeah. Oh, that's such a... what? what, That's a comic again? It's a comic. It's called For the Man Who Has Everything. That would be such a great... You know what a great, that's and, awesome. they, and they did an episode of it for, uh, I believe, Justice Unlimited. They did okay. a cartoon episode. I believe you can Man. find it on YouTube. That, that would it be a great movie, especially if you started it with him on Krypton. So the movie started with him in his. So you don't know his face. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so you think that this is yeah. like this alternate story. The of, problem is that people Superman. would be like, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Well, that doesn't make yeah. sense. Right. So yeah. it, it, the problem is that you can't, you, the audience who's already familiar will not. Go in on the joke with you. It has to start with Batman and Wonder Woman. You could you go, could have them driving somewhere. That's, well, they flying in on her jet. Yeah, you could have That's just so powerful, though. And that, that you said cool. that was wa- the Watchmen uh, writer. Did. Yeah. Uh, why good. am I blanking on his name for no, the life of I can't think um, what his name is. Either. I don't know. But uh, he he had a way of getting around. He did superheroes better than anyone because he could dismantle. The character and say, well, what are their what are the, what's their core? What's their yeah. and the core of Superman is will he do what's right, even though it's the most painful? Yeah, Alan Moore. Alan Moore, thank you very much, yeah. Alan Moore, and um, yeah, he That's he awesome. did a few cool. he did a few Superman. Now stories. I want to go back and watch Superman movies. Well, it's been that's, a while since I've watched Superman movies. Um. It, it's I haven't hard. gotten into the new ones. I haven't gotten the new DC. I think I think, I think it's been, it's been hard ones. for me to buy into DC. I want to, but it's been hard for I've me to buy. I've always loved DC, but, but yeah. it's no just because of the quality, right? Like, uh, what's the oh, the, the Aquaman? Yeah, the like movies. Aquaman. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry. See, guys. the problem is that Richard Donner came to <coughs> he came to the property going, listen. Superman comes with all the trappings. And this is the first superhero movie. Mm-hmm. This is the first comic book movie. Right. 77, are you yeah. kidding me? Which is great, is by the way. French, I mean, the French Connection, <laughs> The Exorcist, mm-hmm. The Omen, yeah. Yeah. Superman. Right. And it's a great movie. I mean, oh, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's a phenomenal movie, but it wouldn't have happened without two people. Christopher Reeve, yeah. who He's, did it genuine. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. And, he, and then, of course, Richard Donner, who says, I am playing this real. Real. I'm playing it real. We're gonna play it real, and everyone's like, "That sounds ridiculous." Like doing it, and he's like, I'm, "It's New York City." And it's like, "Hey, man, nice outfit," you know. And he's like, "Oh, thanks," and he flies off. And you're like, <laughs> "What is this?" But he was, but he played it sincere, yeah. and that's why Reeves will always be my super. I'm 43, yeah. sure, sure. so Reeve will always be Superman. Yeah. Now, the problem is that when you start getting into, like, the quest for peace and, mm-hmm. you know, the three and yeah. four, yeah, it yeah. It, 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 it's hard because now it's political and now it's yeah. this. And now yeah. you got— That Rick, always ruins everything. You got Richard Pryor getting in there and making, <laughs> you know, cracking wise, and you're like, oh, good gravy. But it was the original arc 
of Donner's one and two. And if you do get the chance to see two, the Donner cut of one and two, mm. do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll have I don't to think I even remember two. I don't remember much. I've that's, seen that's one General and two. Zod. I remember when yeah, I was Zod young. came in, yeah, Neil before Zod. Oh, I barely yeah. remember. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. it. I mean, I, I think I've watched the first one quite right. a few times. Phantom but, Zone and Zod. But I don't think I've ever gotten into watching yeah. two, three, and four. And if, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Donner Cut does not have Lois's terrible poem. Can you read my thoughts? Do you know what I'm thinking? It's the worst. It's so groany. It's like, oh, this is terrible. But yeah, the movies, the movies haven't really morally challenged yeah. Superman, except yeah. for at the very end where he where he pulls a dead Lewis out, dead Lois out of the ravine, and he goes and like, I'm gonna reverse time. time. Yeah, and you're like, okay. <laughs> It's I movie, movie magic. Let's just yeah. Know. I mean that one's, all, but see that's an incredibly selfish act. Yeah, and that's not Superman. Right. Yeah, I hear. Um, but fair enough. You know that was tough. Now what's funny is that Henry Cavill is a outstanding Superman, and I think he so loves too. the property. Mm-hmm. He honors the property. The problem is that he's been forced through Snyder, the Snyderverse to do questionable Superman things. Oh, okay. All right. Like, I'll tell you what, you watch the actual Man of Steel preview versus the movie itself, mm-hmm. totally different. Mm-hmm. Totally different. How do you see the preview? Can you find it YouTube. online or it's oh, on okay. YouTube. Yeah, the actual preview is on YouTube. And it's like it's this <laughs> because I have a love for Jonathan Kent. Because Jonathan Kent, yeah, me too. Jonathan Kent is like Joseph to Jesus. Right. How do I raise this kid? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like, well, I don't. The only way I know how to raise him yeah. is okay. I'm going to teach you how to work on the farm. I'm going to teach you what my dad taught me. Right. I'm going to teach you work ethic. Yeah. I'm going to teach you your word means right. something. Yeah. I'm going to teach you do the go the extra mile. I'm going right. to teach you these things. So, and I realize that kind of reiterates everything that we were talking about before. Yeah. No, but how interesting <laughs> we've come full circle. So, not not to say my dad is Jonathan Kenton, but <laughs> I am to say I am Superman. Well, I think it's appealing um, <laughs> because I think I think when you become a father, I think there's a sense of us that want to portray that, right? Sure. Yeah. We we feel that. We feel and like, how do I raise this child? How do I raise this kid? Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, and, this is real. And we have this sense of, of I want to do the right thing. And it's scary and it's hard. It's terrifying. But, but I think, yeah, when we right. see, you know, Joseph did it. Right. And Jonathan Kent, I think is it's neat to see right. that maybe it's not so uh, just be yourself. I agree. And I, I but why... Man of Steel is interesting to me and why it's kind of a conundrum is I was very excited for Kevin Costner to be mm-hmm. Jonathan. I was like, ooh, this is going to be good. Um, and in the preview, the, you see a little bit of Jonathan presents the ship to Clark. And then he says, this is how we found you. And then it cuts to a tearful 12, 13, 14-year-old boy. And he goes, I just want to be your son. And he grabs him. Mm-hmm. He goes, you are. And I was like, Okay, I'm in, 100%. Sign me up. <laughs> you got me. You got me. And then I watched the movie, and the and Jonathan's like, maybe you should have left those let those kids die, because I I'm so scared of the government getting you. I'm so scared of the scientists yeah, doesn't work. Cutting, yeah, making doesn't you work. into ET. It doesn't work. And I'm like, Jonathan never would have done that. Never. Never in a million years would have done that. And then well, it goes for to that him fear idea, that yeah. idea of parenting right. from a place of fear. Yeah. Right. And, and then for him to be like. 
don't come and save me, Clark. I'll die by tornado. Yeah. And it was like, no. The problem is that Jonathan had to die. In a way he couldn't be saved. In a way that Clark yeah. never could have saved him. It yeah, was. They didn't get it right. But then he learns humanity has value yeah. and humanity is fragile. Right. Life yeah. is fragile. And he had to learn those lessons. And to rob him of that yeah, means that it. Zach doesn't understand. Uh, yeah. It means that Zach doesn't understand the character. Yeah, that's and that's good, why I have right. a problem with yeah. it. Because yeah, a lot of people have heard that. Yeah. You've taken that from him. Right. And so now you have a mopey, moody Superman who's like, I don't know if I should do the right thing. And you're like, but that's on, his bro. number one ability. Yeah, that's yeah. his superpower. And that's what we expect of Superman. Yeah, right. that's great. We, we that need, is. as a culture, to look at this character because we've effectively killed our gods. Well, and that's yeah. and, th- and that's really, I mean, you know, pointing this this dilemma out or this this character fail out is, is, I think, a manifestation of the problem that's coming to fruition nowadays. Is that that we're missing the the altruistic, or I would just say even bigger than that, the true story that we need? And I mm-hmm. think that you know we're 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 fighting over our souls, and you know there's a cultural war and political wars mm-hmm. that are that are happening in the greater uh, cultural context that we find ourselves, and and we're we're struggling, you know, yeah, as Nietzsche, as Nietzsche kind of predicted that we killed it, our God, we're, we're killing yeah. our gods, we're not honoring the truth, right. and so we don't have a story to act out, we don't have guideposts of 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 how, thousands of years of truth. You said you're older than me. How old are you? Forty five. Forty five. Okay. So and how old are you? Thirty eight. Okay. So we're pretty much within the same, yeah, same wheelhouse. House. Yeah. Think about it this way. Superman, 38. What was my, who were my dad, my dad, our dads were raised on cowboys and Indians yeah. and the cowboys and Roy Rogers, Roy mm-hmm. Rogers and the singing cowboy yeah, who's also the, who's also the gunslinger. Right. All right. And it's the, and it's the man who stood for the law in the wild west. Yeah. But then after that, when that became passe, it was the heroes of aerospace. We had John Glenn, we had, oh, we broke the sound barrier mm-hmm. and we've got this and we got that. And now we have jet aircraft and we have those people that segued into the astronauts. Yeah. And then from the astronauts and the soldiers coming home, we had like the G. Joe characters. We had, yeah. you know, Sergeant Rock, and we had all these characters who were coming in well, who were aspirational. Mm-hmm. By the '80s, we've effectively killed these yeah. these gods of our culture, and so you and I are looking up to Optimus Prime <laughs> as, you know, hey, a semi truck, but he's also talking about humans or the sovereignty of individual life. Yeah, yeah. and you're yeah. like, whoa, Peter Collins. Talking through me, talking to me through a freaking truck, <laughs> right? You know. By the way, I got to meet and Peter that, Cullen. Well, that and that cool. optimi- yeah. well, and you know, if, if if anything took me back to eleven year old boy status, it was seeing um, Transformers and hearing Optimus. Optimus, Optimus Prime, Prime talk. I was an 11 year old boy with, oh, yeah. a, with a Coke and popcorn right. in my hand. Well, I was a kid in 1986, sobbing when they killed Optimus. Yeah, sobbing. Is. Yeah, and I was like, "You, you, you killed Dad." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what? What? Yeah. You know. And it's like you talked, and Peter Cullen's done interviews where he's like, "I based him on two people: my brother, who was a, a decorated Marine from Vietnam, and John Wayne." That's wow. awesome. And it's like because <laughs> That's he cool. had to be the he had to be yeah, the I've impeccable leader. Mm-hmm. He had yeah. to be the impeccable leader. Well, it's interesting too. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why the, the Marvel universe has become what it is, is because sure. it, it is a place where you get some really fantastic. You get some heroes. You get some real heroes. But man. of that lineup, who is that character? Well, it's Captain America, it's probably. Captain right? America. Yeah, man, it's Captain and America. I'll tell you what, if you asked me 
before that movie, the first movie came out, they're like, hey, the guy who played the Human Torch on Fast- Fantastic Four, yeah, and, and the dude from job. Not Another Teen Movie is going to be Captain America. I'm like, I'm burning all of this down <laughs> to the ground. I was like, there's no <laughs> way. And then I watched Chris Evans, yeah. and he had that exchange yeah. with Dr. Uh, not Einstein. It wasn't Einstein, but he's like, you are a good man. And he pokes him in the chest. Yeah. And he says... The reason why this will work is because you're a good man. Yeah. When you saw a 95-pound Steve Rogers jump on the grenade, I'm yeah. like, done, 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 <laughs> yeah, powerful, powerful. done. It's powerful. Because yeah. it was, I'm the guy who's going to lay on the wire. Yeah. I'm yeah. that guy. And you're like, well, that's well, Captain and America. They, and they want to try to get rid of that story, but you don't get rid of that story. And I don't know why you would. No. Like, why are you trying to get rid of the story? Where people lay down for the greater good. It's like you can't get rid of that story. That's the story. Like, that's the story of humanity. But here's the great thing about it is Tony Stark, first movie. Mm -hmm. Iron Man. Love Iron Man. It's all about Iron Man. I'm Iron Man. Still great. I'm the guy. But look at at Stark's arc. Look at the first Avengers. What does Roger say to you? You're not the guy. You're not the guy to make the sacrifice play. You're not the guy to lay down on the wire. I think I just cut the wire. He always has a quip. He always has a a technological answer, and he always had a way out. And that is why Endgame, I had a problem with Endgame. Yeah, I had had a problem with Endgame. But when I look at Tony Stark's Arc. Well, he shows mm-hmm. it to you in Avengers too, right? You get it in Avengers too. Yeah, but, well, yeah. He well, takes he, he takes up. the missile. Yeah. That's great, but it was still. But then we we undo all of that yeah. in number two, yeah. where he's like, "Let's make Ultron." Yeah, let's, uh-huh. yeah, let's just totally yeah. you know. Well, that's his fault. Maybe he's Frankenstein. <laughs> he's literally he created Frankenstein's monster, yeah. and he's to blame for every. He's to yeah. blame for Sokovia, and that is why yeah. he supports the the Accords because he's living with the fact that I did this. Yeah, and they don't come out right and say. It, but if you connect it, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, Stark is living with, I did all of this. Mm-hmm. I'm to blame. But by Endgame, he realizes, I'm the only guy who can make this play. And he and he undoes Rogers. He undoes Rogers' call that you're not yeah. the sacrifice player. And he earns his worthiness. We yeah. know that Rogers, as being a good man, mm-hmm. was Had worthy it. to lift Molnir. Yeah. And that's why Thor's like, I knew it. He just <laughs> roars. And I'll tell you what, dude, that theater became apoplectic. Yeah, it's totally When yeah. he lifted the yeah. hammer and he yeah. catches it. Yeah. Apoplectic. The movie yeah. could have ended. I'm like, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. You got Gra- me. Grab the Wi-Fi. I'm out Take the door. Take my money. I was yeah. done. I'm like, that's all it took. And him putting the goods to freaking Thanos with the hammer, you're like, yeah. you yeah. get Captain America's arc. But what's funny is that Captain America never really grows. It's true. Leia never really grows. She mm. didn't need to because the principles were there. Yeah, she Good showed point. softness, mm-hmm. but we knew she had love right. for for others. Which I suppose yeah. is which and is I, I suppose Cap didn't need to didn't really he had to, his principles had to be challenged. Yeah, for but they were us. they were there. But he never had yeah. to grow. Mm-hmm. And, and, and maybe that's part of, you know, the challenge that's, that's happening with the wokeness is, you know, that a lot of these stories, you know, fall on male figures. And so I think they're, you know, our culture is, is grappling with, you know, what story do you give women that have that punch, right? And I think that that's part of what's what's happening. I don't want to, you know. No, no, no. And, and I, I think, agree. And, and so I think it's like, you know, these, like, you know, Leia doesn't grow. And and so it's like, yeah, it's like, where do you tell these stories where you, or, or tell that story? Right. Which is something they're trying to figure out. But which. you know what? I don't think we ever lacked heroines. Right. Ripley was as badass as any 
Schwarzenegger character ever was. Yeah. And what's funny about that is if you go on to Netflix and you watch the movies that made us, there's a phenomenal documentary about aliens. The mm-hmm. second yeah, one. Yeah, aliens is definitely. Okay. Yeah. And James Cameron said, I was writing the original script for that movie was not aliens. It was called Mother. And it was about two combating mothers. Mm. Think about it. Ellen Ripley wakes up from 54 years of cryogenic sleep to learn that her daughter, her 10-year-old or teenage daughter, has since died. Yeah. Has outgrown her and died. So now she's a grieving mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. They go to the Marine base, the colony base, and they they find Newt, the little girl. Yeah. She immediately surrogates this little girl. Mm-hmm. And who is she up against? The queen. Yeah. The alien queen. Not, we're not just killing one alien on a spaceship. We are now up against a queen. Mm-hmm. So now you have two mothers battling it out. And it's like their strength to be praised here. Yeah. Right. And there is strength in motherhood. And you should honor motherhood. And there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, absolutely. And James Cameron made a phenomenal murder free murder spree of a movie. Yeah. That's a blood and guts horror movie action flick. But ultimately it's about two battling mothers. Yeah. And you're like, this is good content. This is good praising matriarchal right. content. Well, that's the problem is that's the, that's they, the story that they want to get rid of. They, they want, want to, to make around. a female patriarchy. I go, no, 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 no. You don't need to do Praise that. what you're, praise matriarchy. I don't know. Praise yeah. motherhood. Well, it's interesting because Cameron also does Terminator and Terminator 2, right? And, and so they're about Sarah Connor, they are. Sarah yeah. Connor yeah. who yeah. is Bad-A. total. She kills the bad guy at the end. It's yeah. not Kyle Reese. Nope. And what does she do it all for? Her son, yeah. the future. Yeah. Isn't it right? cool? Yeah, that's very Because cool. women are the future. Yeah. Women produce children. And mm-hmm. so it's like, he had a, because he was raised by you single You might have mom. just got us demonetized. Oh, wait, we're oh, not. So yeah, that's okay. okay. So I apologize. <laughs> Sorry, YouTube. Um, but that whole thing is, he keeps going back to it. Yeah. Who survives Titanic? Rose. Yeah. yeah. He's a huge feminist. Yeah. All yeah, right. True. Monster feminist. I mean, I was not a big fan of Avatar because it was basically Fern Gully. Um, <laughs> I loved Avatar. Yeah, I've had really? a hard time with Avatar. It's dances with like, like, like like wolves, just, bro. I enjoyed it. I felt like I Avatar it. was almost, it was like a titan, a sci-fi Titanic. Oh, movie. no. It's, I like it's, it. It's dances with wolves. Yeah. It's, I'm going to join, I'm going to be an Indian and be one of them, and now I'm going to fight the American cavalry. <laughs> and My it was favorite Ferngully. scene same, of dances with wolves is when he's... He's like taking a dump, <laughs> and and the guy's like riding, yeah, like he, taking a dump next to him. And Kevin Costner looks over and he's like, "Put that in your book." Yeah, <laughs> yeah do you remember that? Yeah, I do. That's my favorite yeah. scene. Um, <laughs> I do like when the scouts see him and he was shaving in the pond and he's got half his half his beard off and he's got his gun. And he's in his underwear and he's like freaked out because he's never seen a native before. And he's like, "Oh, that movie's outstanding." You go back and watch that and you're I like, "I liked it. That's great." Oh, Kevin yeah. Costner. Costner back, does yeah. westerns. Better than yeah. most. All right, we're jumping all over. Oh, okay. I know, I know, all I know. Over. I, uh, this sorry. was awesome, though. It was I apologize. so I think we're, fun. If you're willing, we're going to have to have you yeah, back. We're yeah, we're definitely back. It's so yeah, fun. we got to yeah. do this again for I, sure. There's so many different Let's do tangents. Westerns. Oh, we can Can we go. do Westerns? Definitely. I, I would I'm be happy. It. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit for ignorant. It. Let's pick, I'll let's, have to watch some. Oh, I mean, are you guys familiar with like a lot of Westerns? Or should I give you notes? You should have to give me notes. Give us some movies to watch. I mean, Silverado, I lived out of as a kid. Yeah, but... Unforgiven is the gold standard for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Because it is, it's the reason why uh, uh, Eastwood said, I'll never do another Western. Mm. He's like, I'm done. This is wow. it. Wow. This, it was a script he had for like 15 years, and he's like, 
I can't play this yet. I can't mm-hmm. do this yet. Mm-hmm. And it's the and it's the complete <clears throat> envelopment of his entire career. And he said so. He's like, uh, yeah, I can't. I can't. He goes, we had Gene Hackman. We had uh, Morgan Freeman. He goes, I, I can't beat that. I can't beat that movie. And there's no better story than that one mm. because it is a redemption story. Yeah. It's a let's, hard redemption. I would love it. to do it. Let's, let's do it. Let's plan it. Let's plan yeah, it. Let's we'll plan it. it and we'll, okay. well, folks, thanks for yeah, joining us thank for another you. one. Thank you, Kevin. That yeah. was, it was way awesome. Way too long. Right. No, it's just fun. <laughs> it's just fun. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Adios.